Welcome back to Mortgage Genomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, today's headliner topic, Mortgage Foreclosure Preventative Measures. But before we begin, here's what's on my mind this week. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Something finally broke. Something in California, a bank called Silicon Valley Bank. Um, Rates are on the move, and it's not upward. Um, If you haven't heard already... Interest rates have come down, but uh, but not all interest rates. And, and a lot of this after the events um, of, of uh, what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, also we'll refer to it as SVB. Um, yeah, they, uh, all the depositors left town and uh, the, the bank essentially went belly up. And of course, that translated into chaos with uh, the banking system and that moved over into our borders as well as far as uh, the bond yields go and the performance of them which which inadvertently affect fixed rate mortgages so a lot of uh, crazy events happening in the past week or so um, variable rates however remain in pause mode so nothing really has changed there like we've been reminded constantly for the past few weeks and uh and by the way, I just think it's stopped to talk, uh, time to stop talking about variable rates, at least for a couple of months. Um, we're, we're not expecting any increases in the foreseeable future. Right now, the talk has shifted to when it's going to start coming down. And I've heard estimates or, or speculation uh, that it could be coming down by three quarters of a percent point by the end of 2023. So, And starting as soon as June, June or July. Uh, but at the moment, they remain elevated with a, a baseline prime rate um, of 6.7%. So uh, variable rate mortgages fluctuate and, and uh, are priced around that 6.7%. So you've either got a prime plus or a prime minus variable rate mortgage Um and it starts with 6.7. Fixed rates, on the other hand, have taken the spotlight like big time. So far, mortgages for purchases under $1 million have come down significantly. That's literally what we saw within 24 hours of, of what happened uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, rates started dropping, plummeting. Not even a week ago, uh, five-year fixed rates in this bandwidth were offered at... Uh, 5.09% and higher. But as of uh, today, yesterday, many lenders, and today, as in what's the date today? It's the 23rd of March. Many lenders, but not all, have dropped to at least the 479 to 4.89% range. And one lender even dropping as low as 4.59%. So another neat innovation as well entered the uh, rate foray um, and that that's the four-year fixed. No one's really been talking about the four-year fixed term. Um, 
but it seems to be getting uh, a little bit more attention right now. So, you know, everyone's thinking, yeah, I want to go short. I want to go short. Well, you can't go too short because the one and two year fixeds are quite high. There's quite a big spread there. Um, and then the next one up is three year fixed. So that's been a pretty popular, but still for many, not, not low enough. And then that's where this interesting little four year fixed comes into play. Um, you know, we've seen pricing on it as low as 4.64%. So a lot of people giving it some thought right now, and it's, it's becoming uh, it's becoming a bit more popular. Um, I like it too. I, I think it's a, it's a good, good term. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Things continue to be volatile. Um, so yeah, the two and three year fixed rates, they're both hovering um, at around 559 to 5.7%, 5.79% range and the, you know nothing is really on on these two and three year fixed rates as a result of uh, silicon valley bank that hasn't really come into play in, in bringing those rates down and finally for the purchases over one million dollars um we're still seeing a, a lot of good pricing discounting going in there however it, it's not being publicly displayed as the true contract rate so what i mean is uh, traditionally, that is the most expensive money to price. Well, traditionally, as I'd say in the past three to four years. So they are remaining displayed at high rates. But, you know, when you give them a little push and a nudge, um, we're seeing those come down in the fours as well. So um, something definitely to be aware of. That's it for rates. Call or text me directly if you want to chat some more on this. 604-800-9593. For a while there, the word contagion was popping up in social media posts. Uh, but it, it seems that, that that kind of talk has subsided. And of course, I'm, I'm talking about what happened with uh, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, many might have been... Uh, of the opinion that, oh my God, it's the end of the world, it's going to spread like contagion. Um, and for a minute there, as humans tend to do, we jumped on the, uh, you know, negative Nelly bandwagon there, the, the, oh my God, it's the end of the world. And we began, you know, essentially began preparation for another financial crisis type of meltdown. But uh, here we are, you know, I think for the most part, all good, a little bit damaged, a little leveraged. Inflated, indebted, overworked, underpaid, overtaxed. Get, catch my drift here. But still somewhat manageable, I think. Um, it shouldn't be that shocking, in my opinion. Not like when the odd bank goes belly up in a rocket rate environment like we just experienced. Especially, you know, in the land of capitalism, only the strong survive, USA. Like, uh, what... I I was waiting for something like this to happen, so it, it wasn't that shocking. Of course, a bank is going to go belly up. And I think the silver lining, the good news is it was these, it, it appears that these, these banks, Silicon Valley and a couple others, it's somewhat more sector-specific type of banks um, that, that were hit really hard. They had all their eggs in one basket. Um, and to put things in perspective, there are, in the U.S., 4,800 banks compared to to our Canadian 37 domestic banks. So, from a regulatory perspective, it's it's way easier to manage and supervise our 
little 37 domestic bank financial system than it is in a country like the the United States. Um, you know, and that's not to say that, that there are some banks in pain right now in Canada. Perhaps there are, but uh, and Canadian banks are not perfect, but they are pretty damn close. Um, so far in, in Q1 2023 here, Canada's big six banks are all up. Like they're they're up eight percent when it comes to deposits. That's that's over five trillion, five trillion dollars. So no big withdrawals going on here. No big uh, withdrawal runs. Uh, not now, anyway. And uh, hopefully, hopefully never anytime soon, at least. But things are are still in good shape here. All good people. All right, that's it for uh, here's what's on my mind. Let's move on to the deals of the week. And here's what's on my desk. This is a brief recap and description of files that I'm currently working on. Maybe some of these applications could apply to you or someone you know. And if they do, don't hesitate to call me right now. Marco Gello, 604-800-9593. You can text me at that number too, 604-800-9593. Okay, here we go. I'm working on a file right now. A couple of first-time home buyers two brothers uh, purchasing a condo together. So 32 and 29 year old brothers and uh, both on the application, of course, but only using one applicant's income to qualify because the other is not yet secured his employment. So it's just not locked up yet. Um, They secured a purchase for about $850,000, not a massive income, um, but a solid six figure income nonetheless. So how does a 32-year-old enter Vancouver's market without a co-signer, you might ask. So based on the applicant's income alone, okay, so it's $120,000 per year, he would qualify for a mortgage of about $620,000. And this is best case scenario with at least a 20% down payment and a a 30-year amortization to really stretch out that qualification. So had he not had a substantial down payment and his down payment was less than 25%, sorry, less than 20%, he would top out with about a $480,000 maximum mortgage limit. And, um, yeah, you would have access to far less options with uh, $480,000 um, to the point where you might want to consider living somewhere else. So um, with this 20% down payment, uh, that $120,000 takes him quite a ways to a $620,000 mortgage, gives him a bit more options. Anywhere else in the country, you know, in probably most places in the world, a $620,000 pre-qualified mortgage amount would be more than adequate, or even the lower qualified scenario, the you know the four hundred eighty thousand. But throw in the Vancouver factor, and uh, that's definitely not the case. Uh, for starters, you are outright eliminated from the single-family dwelling search. You know we're not talking homes here; we're talking condos with a six hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollar mortgage uh, qualification amount. So that's fine, anyways. You know, in this case, they wanted a condo and they found one for just under 900,000. What a sweet deal, eh? Condo for under $900,000. So there you have it. This is the first time home buyer in Vancouver. Qualify for a $620,000 mortgage with a $280,000 down payment. First timer. And you're probably thinking, okay, I get it. Enter bank of mom and dad. You know, where did he get this $280,000 down payment from? Not mom and dad. 
no, not in this case. Um, this is all sourced from the 32-year-old applicant himself. Okay? Um, and you know, not for the sale of illicit drugs either. This is like really legit um, down payment money. The, the guy worked very hard. Solid white-collar profession, which I won't mention for privacy purposes. And uh, employment with a company that was a high-performing incentive-based stock option plan. So there you go. A somewhat standard young urban professional. A yuppie, if they still use that term. I think they call them hipsters now. Um, getting into his first home in Vancouver. So way to go, pal. Congrats. And actually, I've got a handful of these type of profiles. Um that that's kind of what's what's shaken down here you know in vancouver if you're looking to get into your your first purchase um you know a condo in the seven to nine hundred thousand range vancouver mostly under a thousand square feet and uh, and there you have it um i seem to be getting quite a few leasehold inquiries and these are properties that are on leased land. And um, the more common ones that I experience here in, in North Vancouver, at least, are, are of the First Nations lease variety. Um, and then I'll see, you know, a few crown or government lease type of uh, leaseholds, which I've brokered deals for these in beautiful Banff in Camor, Alberta. Uh, they have they have crown and government leases out there. Municipality and university leaseholds, uh, they're also acceptable, although I haven't come across too many of them, but they are acceptable. But here are the, the key eligibility criteria you need to be aware of. So number one, first of all, you need copies of the actual leases. And for the most part, they're totally available when you inquire about the property and you're about to place an offer. The stuff is given to you up front, these leaseholds. They, they understand that you're going to need them for financing. And um, so it, it, for the most part, it's all provided. And sometimes they're like two leases or three leases. There's a sublease, a head lease. And uh, those are the two main ones. I forgot what the third one is. But heads up on that, if you are... Uh, exploring these types of properties or come across one or stumble across one upon one, there's going to be lease. We're going to require copies of them. Um, the other eligible criteria and uh, the other major condition is that the term of the lease must exceed the amortization of your mortgage that you're applying for by a minimum of five years. So if the land lease is for 20 years, you cannot have a mortgage amortiz amortization that exceeds 15 years. Okay, so um, leaseholds that are essentially not accepted are private leaseholds, and I have no idea why. Like I, I've, I don't get too many of these inquiries, but every once in a while, there's a. a just not long ago, I had a, a client who wanted to purchase a, a an apartment near Stanley Park in Vancouver, and it had a private leasehold on there. Um, yeah, no lender would touch it. And uh, I couldn't couldn't explain. I, the lenders couldn't even explain other than it's not in our policy. We don't do that. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll find out one of these days. But no private leaseholds. I've had no luck with any lenders on that. So like I said, I've had uh, several inquiries about these lately and have closed on uh, a few of them, at least. Uh, for me, anyway, most of my leasehold inquiries are sourced from the new condo developments in North Vancouver. So I'm seeing a lot of those. 
and uh, all of which have been financed regardless of the leasehold attached to them. And all of them were First Nation leaseholds in excess of 60 to 70 year timeframes on their leases. So they get done. They're, they're a little bit more, I wouldn't say complicated. They just uh, kind of have to disclose a little bit more information about the lease. And, um, and for the most part, they get done. Also, this past month, I've been receiving quite a few applicants that have recently been awarded their permanent resident or Canadian citizenship status. Um, so several applications on the go with this particular demographic. And with, uh, with almost all of them, the applicant profile is pretty much identical. Um, the applications are very strong, usually very young, um, early into their, their um, white-collar careers, you know, just good kind of high-tech jobs, uh, degree background kind of jobs, solid incomes, usually starting in the 90000 per year range and, and going uh, up from there. And uh, lastly, like an impressive liquid asset base for down payment, like almost all accumulated through savings, rarely any gifted down payments. Um yeah, so really good application profiles there, and I've I've had this uh, this big um, grouping of of this type of demographic on the sidelines for for quite some time. Actually, a lot of them for not not too long at all. So um, I found that a lot of them that were discouraged because of the foreign ban are now permanent residents. So. Um, interestingly enough, a lot of them graduated very quickly to uh, the, the foreign residents. And I just read an article not long ago that Canada has has reached that other milestone of uh, we, we added an extra million people to our population this year. And that should probably come as no surprise to anyone. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the big elephant in the room is is the the fact which should also come as no surprise to anyone is the demand that keeps increasing on our precious vulnerable very limited inventory real estate and um to this day like i mean um, i'm bullish on on vancouver um for a very long time um there's going to be some peaks and valleys but I, I just you go for a drive in this city and you will see like that there is there is no room anywhere to build anything where I live here in North Vancouver they're trying to build a couple of bloody soccer fields and uh, it I'm not optimistic with that it's just it, it you just think about that there there's no land <laughs> and if there is land you're competing against some big ass developer who wants to build some condos on there no one's in the business of building soccer fields and recreational facilities unfortunately but um the protests continue and uh like i said here in north vancouver if anyone's from north vancouver um get out to city council and uh, and make some noise about this because this is crucially important for for just quality of life for our children for our overall health and and well-being um we got to have recreational fields and facilities out here and of course i'm a soccer fan so it's coming from a very biased position myself but uh yeah we need more soccer fields anyways i'm going a little off topic here all right so that's a wrap let's move on to uh today's headliner topic mortgage foreclosure preventative measures 
Wondering whether to proceed with a fixed or a variable mortgage? Why not pick both? There's a mortgage just for that. In fact, there's a mortgage that allows you the flexibility to configure it any way you desire. I call them hybrid mortgages. So let's say you have a $500,000 mortgage. If you wanted to, you could configure it so that $200,000 is allocated in a five-year fixed rate, $100,000 as a five-year variable, and the remaining $200,000 as a home equity line of credit. And better yet, every year you receive a detailed statement from the lender that outlines the cumulative interest charges for each configured mortgage. If you want to learn more, shoot me a text or give me a ring at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. Or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. I want to firstly point out that I won't be talking about the process of mortgage foreclosure, but rather the time frame that potentially leads up to it. In particular, the purpose of this, this topic, this talk, is to explore solutions to avoid foreclosing on your property. Let's begin with what causes a foreclosure to happen. If you guess that missed mortgage payments cause foreclosures, you are absolutely correct. However, What most people are not aware of is the lengths that most lenders will go to in order to avoid foreclosing on your property. They would much rather prefer to retain you as a mortgagee, a client, than to have to foreclose on your property, either by selling it or retaining it as a rental property. Most lenders recognize the hardship that unexpected life events can bring and offer alternative solutions to assist you through difficult times. However, after a brief period of cooperation and assistance, a lender will expect you to get back on your feet and jump back into regular payment mode. If you are not able to reconvene with regular and consistent payments, lenders will likely then begin to execute the beginning stages of foreclosure proceedings. Are there any options to circumvent foreclosure proceedings? Yes, there are several options available, and they all hinge on two things, equity and reaction time. Regarding equity, lenders in Canada adhere to a maximum refinance threshold of 80% loan-to-value ratio. This means that your mortgage financing cannot exceed 80% of the appraised value of your property. There are options to secure financing for loan-to-values that exceed 80%, but they are very costly and generally less available in the marketplace. In almost all cases, an appraisal is required to determine the value of your property. The other important item when it comes to foreclosure prevention is reaction time. It It is critical to understand that hesitation to proceed with a mortgage refinance or any decision, perhaps even selling your property, can lead to qualification ineligibility in the future, like a decline mortgage application. So if you are in the midst of a financial hardship right now, you must be aware that your credit score is likely decreasing and possibly at a rapid rate. The, the descent can be so significant and abrupt that by the time you formally apply for a refinance, your application credentials will likely have degraded to the point where you can no longer qualify. With mortgage qualifications, time is always of the essence. The longer you wait it out, 
the more damaged your application profile can become. Stay ahead of the pending crisis and be proactive by seeking consultation with a mortgage broker. It is critical to know your options as soon as possible as the window of opportunity is likely closing in on you with every passing week or day. I cannot stress enough how important it is to be proactive and explore options the instant you detect a financial crisis in your life. If financing your way out of a foreclosure is possible, your outcome will fall into one of the three following categories, either top tier, middle tier, or bottom tier. Top tier refinance solutions. Most likely, pathway for highly proactive clients who have inquired and applied for a refinance in anticipation of financial hardship. Standard qualification criteria. Uh, these are typically your inside the box type of qualification. Minimum beacon score requirements of at least 620. These are personal credit scores. The maximum loan to value limits are typically 80%, up to 80% loan to value. Eligible for the lowest market rates available. 30-year maximum amortizations and available in 1-10 to 10 year terms. The mid-tier refinance solution. This is likely the pathway for applicants who are currently experiencing hardship with personal unsecured credit cards, uh, unsecured lines of credit and so on, but are still maintaining their existing mortgage payments. This will, will keep you in the mid-tier refinance solution. So you, you're feeling the pain, you're experiencing it a bit, but you're still making the payments. Lenders with less restrictive qualification criteria are found in this bin. So this is good for applicants with bruised credit or challenging income or employment disclosures. The solutions here are scalable based on your credit score and income. So there's no minimum beacon score requirement. Maximum loan to value in this bin is 80% uh, loan to value, just like top tier. Interest rates are typically 1% to 3% higher than your top tier lenders. And amortizations will take it a step further to 35-year amortizations, uh, which they only top out at 30 years in the top tier bin. And the terms, generally, they're less. So you, we don't have the full suite of terms in the mid-tier. They're generally 1% to 3-year terms. And finally, the bottom tier refinance solution. Um, for applicants that require immediate action or intervention, um, qualification criteria, criteria mainly based on your property equity and condition. So, yeah, I mean, you could have some... Your credit could have plummeted. You could have some issues with uh, the amount of income. Uh, not as highly uh, scrutinized in this bin, if at all. It's all based on your property equity and condition. Maximum loan-to-value limits here are typically, they top out at about 75% loan-to-value, but they could get as high as 80% and possibly a little higher. Um, but of course, you're going to be charged higher fees and higher interest rates. Interest rates are typically 3 to 6% higher than your mid-tier lender. Uh, right now, you're looking at anywhere from 10 to 12%. Uh, and these are these loan payments are typically interest only. Therefore, no amortization is calculated on these uh, loans. Terms generally do not exceed one year. However, they are mostly auto renewable without requalification, uh, provided you maintain good standing throughout the the preceding term. How does this all play out in the end? 
If executed in a timely manner, a refinance can convert a crisis situation into a manageable and fixable outcome. Here are some tips to help keep you on the path of recovery once you have successfully completed the refinance. To avoid a recurrence of financial hardship, it is critical to adopt new habits going forward. Identify your faults and shortcomings and make changes in your life to improve upon them or eliminate them outright. Make a plan to transition to a higher tier mortgage solution once your current one matures. You have likely come out of a crisis by signing onto a band-aid type of mortgage, you know, either a short term or high term, uh, high interest rate um, or a mid term, slightly better interest rate. And as such, you must recognize that your new mortgage will come due and require requalification, possibly requalification to upgrade to a higher tier mortgage. In fact, if you do intend to upgrade to a higher tier mortgage, it will absolutely require requalification. An experienced mortgage broker will offer valuable guidance on what you must do to prepare for your next mortgage once the current one reaches maturity. This is especially critical if you are coming from a crisis situation and have signed on with a private second mortgage lender with high interest rates. So very critical to have an exit strategy and a plan to put yourself in a position one year later to graduate to a better mortgage. This is very important. And finally, embrace your new mortgage and appreciate it for what it is, a reset. Avoid feeling shame or embarrassment, and instead look onward and continue to focus on improving. Many crisis situations evolve into inspirational stories. Let yours be one of them. That's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you're in British Columbia or Alberta, as I'm licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you are from Vancouver or Calgary, as I'm very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over the world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere. Call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. Or just go ahead and link up to my website, homefinancingsolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning in to Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.